Oh man, what's up? It's the Fantasy Football Breakdown Podcast, episode 177. I am two drink. As always, my boy Swags is here. What's up, man? What's up? I made it. You made it here. We have a awesome show lined up. I am stoked to get John Laban, Mr. At Gridiron School, 91 himself. What's up, dude? Hey, man, I'm surviving coronavirus hell, and I'm ready to rock and roll with some football tonight, man. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like the only place I've, I've went today. <laughs> my bedroom, my bathroom, and my office. <laughs> Just here with you guys. That's perfect. That's hell yeah. No better place to be right now. I hear yeah, that, no man. Better. Jesus, I told you guys before we started recording, like, I couldn't wait for nine, and it wasn't, like, just to, like, get through this. It was because I was like, man, finally, like, something to do. Like, <laughs> I mean. Hey, can I give you one of my favorite quotes of all time? Yeah. So, Marv Levy, it's one of his inspirational speeches before, like, an AFC championship game to the Buffalo Bills. And in the locker room, he says, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? And you know what, gentlemen? There's nowheres I'd rather be. Oh, love it. Um, I, I probably played like 16 hours of Monopoly the last three days, and I feel like that might be light. <laughs> Bro, you killed some Monopoly earlier. Dude, I wish I was as good at life as I am Monopoly. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Like, I am raking it in. Like, I, I run it. I don't even know. I almost feel bad. What's uh? What's uh, we're doing this now? What's your monopoly strategy? You you hit it harder on like the boardwalk, like the expensive ones, and throw hotels. Or are you buying a, all the little cheap properties and um, you know, uh, you know, I think that you have to pay attention to what's going on in your community, and <laughs> and I mean, if if I mean, you don't. I want to be able to make it around. I want to have enough money to make it around the board two times if I don't make any more money. So if. If you're if it's looking kind of light out there and you know I'm stopping at places and giving you twenty two bucks and eighteen bucks, I'll do that all day, you know, but and then I'm gonna keep kind of I'm a buyer. I'm I'm happy to start small businesses, big businesses, whatever I can afford. And but then, you know, if you all of a sudden got a couple like houses up and I'm starting to look like wow, I'm down to two hundred bucks and he's got that that I have to pay him three hundred, that I have to pay him four hundred, like I can't logistically count on making it around the board twice right now i better simmer down a little bit um you know and you just uh gotta play the crowd you know it's it's nice too because um playing against an eight-year-old and 11 year old this afternoon (laughs) so (laughs) wife was in on a little bit more the last couple nights but um yeah man i mean if you're playing life against an eight-year-old and 10 year old you'd probably be crushing it too right if, if my, not against with it's same team, I'm guessing if my son won the lotto, he would he would probably buy a lot of Lego sets. Nice. <laughs> solid. My daughter went through about thirty Lego sets, but now she's ten, and she's like, "I don't want to do those anymore, Daddy." Man, I love Legos. Have you? Do you guys watch the Lego show, that uh, show? What's it called? The Lego Show, though. Nope. I have not, but I've heard people tell me it's really good. But I have not actually seen it. I've heard. Oh, it's the one where they actually like build the stuff, like yeah, yeah. Show? that's crazy. No, I it's, watched that. it's pretty sweet. They build some sweet stuff, and I don't know. I love Legos. Like my kids have my old Legos and their new Legos and everything combined. And Legos are what's up. my daughter's not quite there yet. So I've put like two Barbie Lego sets together, and it's literally me by myself. So I'm like, mm, we're gonna wait a little bit on this. <laughs> <laughs> It was great right. for me to entertain my daughter in the rain. Right. <laughs> Give her a Lego. Go to it, kid. Out of the year right there. 
Dad needs some time by himself. Figure it out. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta research some running backs. <laughs> nice. All right, so we got that's enough quarantine life talk for now. Maybe we'll get back to it during the question madness at the end of the show. But, <laughs> but we got John on here for a reason. Put it out there. Uh, I do want to look at maybe some deeper dives, but I think me and Swags have talked a little bit about let's hit in some of those bigger guys and maybe some landing spots that would make us feel really good or maybe could move some of these players up and down during a rookie draft. Swag, do you have a, a guy in particular you want to start with? No, but I did want to mention like we're we're starting to hear more rumors now. And I mean, we've kind of been making these assumptions a while. We've had these talks, but today it kind of came out like maybe there are some teams like the Lions that are more willing to move back a little bit and have somebody like Miami move up to the Lions spot and, and take Tua. And I know you, we're not trying to stay on all these popular guys, but do you, are we starting to think that those kind of moves are going to happen and maybe we can be a little bit more comfortable with somebody like Matt Stafford and maybe not well, so much Ryan Fitzpatrick? Why don't we go to John? Uh, John, how do you see the, you know, the rookie quarterbacks, the bigger name guys, bro, to uh, going early on? I believe that the big three, Burrow, Tua, and Herbert, are all off the board by number six to Chargers. The question is, who is bluffing? Miami and the Chargers, who believes whom? Because each of them have identified who they have graded higher. Now, I don't have privy to the inside information in Miami or Los Angeles. But each organization, I would assume by now, has graded one player or the other. If you're the Chargers and you clearly have Tua above Herbert on your board, you've got to go up and get Tua. You have to be proactive at the quarterback position. You cannot be a reactive franchise. So if the Chargers have Tua as their guy, they have to trade up the Detroit or the Giants because they cannot risk the Dolphins taking their guy and settling at the quarterback position. You cannot settle at the quarterback position. You've got to go get your guy. The Chargers being more in like a win-now mode, like we feel confident in saying that they're more ready for this than Miami is, right? Is that why they need to go up and do it? Like. To me, I, I am a Dolphins fan. I, I wouldn't like to see them package all this equity that we've got to to go move up to three and take Tua. I don't. To me, I don't know that I feel like I'm settling for Herbert at five rather than I'd rather keep that spot and keep my other first round picks. Well, that's the chicken game, right? Now Miami might have Herbert as their number one guy, right? Right. We we don't know. The thing is, the Dolphins control the draft as it's structured at this moment because they can pick their guy right now. The Chargers are the one who are much more desperate when you have in the top six, three teams who need quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks, right? So the Chargers to me have to make a move. To me, Miami, they could, what if, and I, I thought about this a little bit, Isaiah Simmons is sitting there yes. at five, and the Chargers trade up to Detroit. Why don't I get Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts, or Jake Fromm later in the draft with yep. like pick number twenty six? There's, there's. Oh, is no there a world to- where Jordan Love's goes a lot earlier than that though? 
Well, so you'd have to be looking out for teams like New Orleans is clearly a possibility. Um, maybe the Raiders, I guess Jacksonville, you know, the, yeah, it's a possibility. But what if you pass up on Herbert? That leaves one of the quarterbacks available later in the draft. So that's that's the other thing, right? What if let's put the Chargers moving in front of the Dolphins and taking Tua? Yeah. And then the Dolphins sit at five and say, you know what? We don't need to take Herbert here. How far does Herbert slide then? Can Herbert make it to the Dolphins' next pick at 18? It's We're, a possibility. What's the team that's going to jump up there at that point and say, oh, we're not going to let Herbert slide any longer? Maybe the Raiders. I would think the Raiders or the Jaguars. With 12 and 19 in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think the Jag. you can't tell me. I know, I understand coach speak and organizational speak. You want Gardner Minshew to be your guy right now, correct? I get it. <laughs> I just can't believe that the Jaguars believe that Gardner Minshew can lead this organization to a Super Bowl. Look it. I think he's clearly a backup. You know, he's he's in that Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. Andy Dalton, Derek Carr bucket at best, right? A serviceable <laughs> NFL right. quarterback. If I can get a franchise <clears throat> quarterback, I got Gardner for nothing. He was what a sixth or fifth round pick last year. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not like the Redskins who have to deal with this Dwayne Haskins nightmare, right? I drafted him in the first round. What do I do? I didn't like him last year, but they're they're really trapped, right? The Jaguars aren't trapped. Hey, go into training camp. Minshew's number one at the depth chart. If the kid beats him out, the kid beats him out. What do you care? He, he won. He won more games than Daniel Jones or Kyler Murray. Yes, but I mean, less interceptions. Honestly, do you think he's the guy? Um, I'd like to see him have a chance. I know that's if not quite don't. answering your question. No, no, I understand. So if you were the GM and you have one shot, you're banking your career on Gardner Minshew. Um, I mean, they signed Nick Foles to eight no, well, that's- the same coach. I mean, and, and <laughs> then they, they let him go. The money that they were willing to lose on letting Nick Foles makes me feel like they're pretty comfortable with Gardner. I don't think they would have been so willing to just be done with Nick Foles, lose that money in the deal if they were looking to pay up in the draft. I agree with you in general, but the value falls to you. And if you were Jacksonville and you really liked one of these quarterbacks, are you telling anyone right now? Probably not. So you're talking at like 21, 20? I guess they have 20, 21. Nine and 20. They have nine Nine and 20. 20. Okay. They could easily take a guy at 20, Jake Fromm. Jalen Hurts, maybe Jordan Love falls there. But what if the Jacksonville Jaguars have Herbert at the top of their board? I'm sure. Now, I don't, and the majority don't. But all you need is one franchise to love a guy. That's it. I guarantee you out of these 32 teams in the NFL, there's one organization that believes Justin Herbert's the best quarterback in this draft. There's no question in mind. Last year, the Giants saw – He was talking about that last year. Yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, the Giants – said Daniel Jones, Dave Gettleman, Daniel Jones is the best quarterback in the draft. The world disagreed with him, right? But did he mm-hmm. care? Nope. Got his guy, right? So I'm sure there's someone, because look, I've seen enough Justin Herbert. There is the upside. There is the ceiling of a phenomenal quarterback. Now, there's also a floor. I get it, right? So, but some team, what do you do when you're drafting a first-round quarterback? How are you going to measure them? 
What are you going to say? Ceiling. You're going to look at the ceiling, right? That You don't look at the floor. We look at the floor. We're the fans. We're the analysts. If you're banking your entire franchise on a, a franchise quarterback, all you're looking for is upside. You're looking for Peyton Manning. You're looking for Andrew Luck before he decided to retire. That's what you believe. Doesn't mean you'll find it, but that's what you'll believe. And I think you brought up a good point, though. And I and I know this isn't the direction you want to go with this, and this isn't like analytical or or smart, <laughs> but <laughs> but you you mentioned the fans, and I think the fans already have what they want. And I think that 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 team does need a, a decent fan base. I think it even brought in fans from the nation that weren't fans of the Jags. I mean, we're talking about going from Blake Bortles to Nick Foles to Gardner and shit went crazy. And I'm not saying that's what wins you games, but I'll tell you, he won more than Nick Foles won in the last couple of years. He, he threw for more yards than Nick Foles, and I know it's Nick Foles, but I mean, that's who they were comfortable getting to lead that team. And I don't know, man. I do think it's, I think it's going to be Gardner's team this year, but they, they do need some kind of backup there. I don't even know who the backup is after lo- losing Nick Foles, to be completely <laughs> honest good. with you. Might still be Joshua Dobbs. I don't know if he's still there because he was brought in. Joshua Dobbs. I think yeah. you're right. I, yeah, now that's because so I heard that on some show. It is. I, I'm 90% sure it's Joshua Dobbs. Because they traded for him during the season, too, to have a backup when Foles was still yes. hurt, I think, and brought him in. So he, I think he's still there. Because I, I know you want to win, but the Jags aren't going to win a Super Bowl this year. No, not look it. From an emotional standpoint. If so why not go, go get a better quarterback? <laughs> now, well, they can probably do that next year. Well, that's so that's another argument, right? Maybe they hold out for the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes um, or the Justin Field sweepstakes. Yeah. Um, but you know what's funny about that? If Gardner Minshew is what people believe he is, then he's going to win six or seven games. <laughs> You're not going to be in the sweepstakes, right? I think that's more than right. he he won more than Blake Bortles won. Yeah, like it wasn't it. very bad. So I, look, I understand from like the ethos of the franchise. You're absolutely correct. He had nothing like a team we had no hopes for, no matter who the quarterback was for last year, and he won more games than they have any of the seasons in the past. Yeah, but haven't we seen this book? Haven't we read this chapter one of a book before? I mean, I don't know. I feel like people want this to happen. And look, I love the story. Yeah, you I got me there. Great- you got, I mean, but. I mean, no, I'm not saying I'm right. But like, I felt like I've read this story so many times. And then it just, right? The balloon pops at 1,500 feet, feet in the air. Hey, for the Jaguar fans, I hope you're right. I hope everything here, you're right on some numbers here. 3,271 yards, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions, and he actually had 184 yards rushing. I mean, maybe Jacksonville goes out and gets two defensive pieces. They've given up a lot of assets on the defensive side of the football field. So I just, I would have a hard time banking my franchise on him. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, man. It's tough to argue with you, John. Like, and I know that's we're not arguing, but oh, this discussion is great. I don't know, man. If I'm wrong, I have so many shares of Gardner, and there's gonna be so many people <laughs> disappointed in me all over the place. Oh, but, oh, so now we're talking about the personal bias <laughs> of an analyst. Oh, he definitely <laughs> has some in there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Okay, then <laughs> I love it. I'm looking. 
I have a share of Gardner Minshew in a dynasty league because I got him off the waiver wire. I, when was it? Week two or something like that when he um, got the job. Or, yeah, Foles got hurt, right? Yeah, First he was game. free in some leagues for sure. Yeah, and I, I remember because I had seen him at Washington State. So I said, look at man. I mean, you never know, right? I mean, I'm open-minded. I take any player that's going to start. I, I mean, once they got a job in the NFL, they sh- a starting job. They should not be on a waiver wire. That's why I got like Raheem Moser last year, you know, and he helped me win a championship in a league. Um, so I understand that. And I'm not cutting Gardner Minshew because right now he is the starting quarterback. Right. Right. In a dynasty perspective, he's the starting quarterback. Yeah, maybe you'll get me to cut back on a couple shares before this show comes out. <laughs> no, but let I'm me not ask selling you. out. No. Can I ask you this? Yeah. Don't you think his values higher now than it ever will be? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It should be. But, I mean, there's still people similar to you who are skeptical of the situation and aren't um, going quite all in like I am. Um, but I do I feel think like it, I feel like his value goes up if he gets past you know the first or second round and oh, they don't sure. take a quarterback though. Absolutely, so, yeah. No, I can oh, definitely yeah. see it going up. But I've it's seen higher some mocks than where, it's ever been. Like with and I've seen some mocks where that like uh, that second first round pick at twenty, they take you know one of the top three wide receivers. I think you would feel glorious about your you know your Gardner oh, shares yeah. if you, like if you get to see something like that happen. Yep. If they uh, get by pick, they have pick forty two. Yeah. If they go those three picks. Without a quarterback, I will then concur with you because right. all they're doing at that point is drafting a backup for a body. Yeah. They, you know, if they take a quarterback in those top forty-two, then they're saying we want competition, and we're not convinced. Yep. Nine twenty and Ngakwe up to the Redskins for two, and they take Tua and just make Swags cry. What's <laughs> 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 trying to be mean? I, I would. Hey. I wouldn't be surprised if like. Uh, the Redskins took Tua. I, I'd be less surprised if that happened. You know, I've been thinking a lot about Washington. And we have Ron Rivera. And Ron Rivera is a defensive guy. And you have a possible generational pass rusher here. Mm-hmm. I'd be shocked if Ron Rivera would pass on Chase Young. I could be totally wrong with this. But I think Ron Rivera coming from, you know, what played with the Bears on those great teams in the 80s, his defenses as a defensive coordinator, what he did around Luke Keekley, and um, who was the great defensive end he had when he first got to Carolina? Um, the future Hall of Famer. Peppers. He, what? Was it Julius Peppers? Yeah, Julius Peppers. He 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 wants to win with defense, right? I, I just can't picture him seeing a generational pass rusher and and giving up that pick. I mean, I could be wrong. But I think this says Ron Rivera all over. And remember, last year, remember they drafted Marcus Sweat? And Mm -hmm. because he fell in the draft because of the health concerns? Man, I have dreams of what I could do as a defensive coordinator. I can double stack those two on one side. I can put them on opposite ends. I could Mm -hmm. probably put one as a stand-up inside linebacker. I could drop them. I could blitz them. Man, I mean, you could do when you have two dominant pass rushers like that. Oh, I, I, I like that. <laughs> I mean, come on, boys. It's still a defense. I mean, I love fantasy football as much as anyone, right? But at the end of the day, you don't play defense in this league. It's very hard to win. And I think Ron, Ron Rivera, I because I – and look, it, I think Chase Young is super special. Like – yeah. He's ridiculously good. It's not like 
it, he's okay, or he's like just the best pass rusher. This is a kid that almost any year of the NFL draft for the last decade is other than the quarterback, he's going to be one of the top guys on the charts. Always, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's special. That's just how I look at it. So the Jags won't get to it. That's fair. I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, well, I, no, I like it, and I, I hope that's the way it, it does pan out, honestly. And I think you're probably right. But it, it would I'd be less shocked still the same if the they did it sure. than the Jags. No, that's fair. All right. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reel us into the show, but we'll keep it with Gardner since he did go to Washington State. I'm gonna bring up a, a sleeper quarterback. Let's see if John even likes him. And uh, Anthony <laughs> Gordon, who took over there. So this is an interesting um analysis here. Cause a lot of people want to like Anthony Gordon. And I see, like, some people have him pretty high, as high as, like, number six. I have him number eight. And I think it's recency bias because of Gardner Minshew. Remember, Anthony Gordon's been on the Cougars for a real long time. Mm -hmm. He also lost the job to Gardner Minshew. We also know, other than Gardner Minshew, name a quarterback coming out of Mike Leach's offensive system who's been successful in the NFL. We don't have any. Look at Anthony Gordon has very good feet, an underrated arm. I get it. He has some traits of a productive quarterback. But I have a fifth or sixth round grade on him. I don't think, I think he's a, a career backup in the NFL. He's very light in the pants. He's not even 200 pounds. 6'2", pretty nice weight. I don't know if this man can stand up to an NFL pass rush on a normal basis. Remember, Washington State gets the ball out in less than two seconds. They also throw a lot of dump-offs to their running backs. They had James Williams two years ago, Max Borgie last year. They love to get that ball off quickly. Basically, it's an extension. The short pass is an extension of the running game. So to me, the statistics are always a little bit skewed. I think it's a little bit recency bias. Hey, look, if I'm in the sixth round, I want a backup quarterback. I get it. I could draft Anthony Gordon. But I do not think he is going to be in the top four rounds of the NFL. And once you get past the fourth round draft pick at the quarterback position, it's pretty much crapshoot. That's fair. Uh, fifth or sixth round grade on him this year. I'm not going to put you on the spot here, but... Is that maybe higher than you had Minshew coming in last year? No, I had him at the same level, fifth or sixth round. You know, because I I do – so I've watched so much Mike Leach because I love college fantasy football, Mm -hmm. and I've even watched it all the way dating back to Michael Crabtree at Texas Tech. And I believe he was part of the Kentucky program, the offense coordinator, when um, Tim Couch was there at Kentucky, if my memory serves me, my old men memory. So I've seen Mike (laughs) Leach for years. And his quarterbacks just put up prolific, prolific numbers in that system. They don't turn out to be NFL-level quarterbacks. Now, so far, Gardner's the exception. And I'm not trying to say – I'm so happy to see because I like the man, you know. And I actually actually saw Gardner Minshew play at UConn when he was at Eastern Carolina. Mm -hmm. I mean – I've I've seen this guy, and he was going to be really big at Eastern Carolina. It didn't work out for him. Hey, he ter- he made a career decision that turned yeah. out to be a terrific decision going from East Carolina to Washington State. 
because he is not in the NFL if he doesn't go from East Carolina to Washington State, in my opinion. That's that's fair about Air Raid. I just want to say, you know, aren't we in the NFL kind of slowly moving that way? We're starting to see that more and more. I know there's not a history of it, but maybe that's where we're going to. I'm not saying Gordon's the next even Minshew there, but I'm just – I don't want to write something off just because it's not there. That's all. Yeah, so the the thing is, I don't think he's as good of an athlete. So that's why I like Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. They're much – and I'll tell you this. We we were talking a little bit. We alluded to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's a much better athlete than he's given credit for, everyone. He is a phenomenal athlete with his legs. People don't think of Justin Herbert because – 66237 he looks the part of a pocket passer but if you actually watch him play in that ducks offense he's very good avoiding the pass rush and throwing on the run and he's very good with his legs justin herbert's a very underrated athlete anthony gordon isn't in that class sure so to drink what kind of timeline are you talking here like who do you imagine gordon being behind Oh, I don't know. That's kind of uh, – I just wanted to see if he even felt like he had, you know, something like Minshew does gotcha. to, be able to be there. It sounds like he's a little bit, you know, less than that to John there. In my opinion, Gardner Minshew was a better prospect than Anthony Gordon. Yes. Yeah. Are there are there any other quarterbacks maybe deeper? I wrote Cole McDonald here out of Hawaii. Just he seems, you know, like an interesting case. And, and, and again, we've yet to see really a guy from Hawaii kind of do it just in how yeah. they play. but. I understand the love affair. Like, there's some people who really like Cole McDonald, 6'4", 220 pounds. And I will say this. I was very bullish on this young man in college fantasy football coming into this season. I had seen him a lot in 2018. And at moments in 2018, he was spectacular, especially the first half of the season. But then he got injured a lot, and his numbers tailed off as the competition got more challenging for the Rainbows the second half of the season. Then this year, the young man was benched a couple times for a freshman, a redshirt freshman, Chad Shavero, who was like the Hawaii quarterback of the year behind Tua. So Hawaii has produced two fantastic quarterbacks, Tua and this young man, Chad. Now, Cole McDonald was benched for him at one point for the Rainbows. Then Chad had a terrible quarter. Cole McDonald came back in, got the job, and kind of ran out the season. I think Cole McDonald, I have him in that same boat. I have him at number 10 amongst my quarterbacks. So I this. think he's a yeah. fifth or sixth round pick. Wah, wah, wah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, any other quarterbacks before we maybe change to a different position there, John? Anybody you think maybe isn't getting enough pub that should? So a long shot who looks like a quarterback from what I would say the 90s, James Morgan out of Florida International, 6'4", 213 pounds, played in Conference USA, has been injured, unfortunately, at the college level. But when he's been healthy and productive, he very much looks like the prototypical pocket passer of the NFL. The problem is that I think his style of game, as you mentioned earlier, we're moving away to more implementing of the spread offenses. I want athletic quarterbacks. I need quarterbacks who can avoid pass rushers. I think James Morgan, if it was 1998, he would have a future definitely as a backup in the NFL. I think he's an undrafted free agent who I'm going to watch very closely. Fair enough. 
All right, Swags, wide receivers or running backs? Where was you, why did I even ask you that? I was, oh, I don't care. I, I'm I'm yeah, fine with it. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just going to do running back since I meant to – like I was going to give him a choice. That's that's where he would go anyway. So um, your top three guys are kind of the same for everybody, I'm going to assume. For you, John? Yeah, yeah they're, they're, your, they're the your same. Order. Yeah, oh, my order. Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin. J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State, and DeAndre Swift, Georgia. The fourth guy that slides into you, is that the same kind of oak there, or do you get like the Clydes Edward Hilaire? Like, where does that guy come in for you? I come in with Cam Akers. I think yeah. he could be special if he hits his ceiling. And he's he is a much better athlete than I thought at Florida State. And he was definitely handcuffed by a terrible, terrible offensive personnel around him not only was the offensive line terrible but the quarterback play was um let's just say kindly pathetic at florida state and coaching changes and all that so yeah i, I want to circle back real quick but but with acres and say herbert that went through uh, head coaching offensive scheme changes that whole nine yards how do you i guess i don't want to say evaluate but just kind of compare what they did in this last year to like even acres like first coming in and as a incoming freshman, we thought he was the best running back in that year. Do you take more stock in what you saw in previous years when maybe things were a little bit better and then how they matured through some of that? Or No, that's a great question. I'm going to go back to Herbert first, then I'll answer with Akers. To me, you, do you know this? Herbert's gone through three different head coaches and three different offensive coordinators. So I like that. To me, that's a check mark in the positive. It is a asset. The young man has proven that he can be successful with different people calling the signals. He wasn't like, you know, we were just talking about Washington State, right? A lot of these Washington State kids play for two or three years under Mike Leach. Same offense, same playbook, same plays, right? They listen on the headsets. They sit in the film room for three years. Boom, they get the job. They're intellectually ready for the playbook and what Mike Leach is doing. I like the fact that Justin Herbert has had to devour different coaches, different personalities, different systems, and different schemes. So for the quarterback, I actually think that's a benefit because I think Justin Herbert is pretty much ready-made to start in the NFL. Now, does that mean that he can devour the complexity of an NFL playbook that, you know, it depends on the coach, how they coach him up, how they teach it. Mm -hmm. But can he step into the organization? Can he have a fundamental understanding of the principles and the scheme that the team is running? I believe Justin Herbert can. Now, for the running back, I don't really care too much about the schemes around the individual. Because I am looking for production and athletic ability. Jonathan Taylor was very lucky, played in the same scheme, same system, Wisconsin, three years. We know how good he is. Cam Akers, what he's done is he's shown me that he can be successful in a, with a lot of different personnel around him. Only three runners in the history of Florida State have had 2,000-yard seasons. Warwick Dunn. Dalvin Cook, and Cam Akers. He's in a pretty good boat there. Mm -hmm. What I've seen is a young man who's much better athletically than I thought, and he had to come over adversity 
and his teammates were not NFL-level players around him. I like that. He's shown me that he can be productive even when he doesn't have a team around him. Love that. All right, so let's jump into some some deeper running backs. We can get away from Akers. I, I do love that spot, and I've even started to see him maybe climb into that three spot for other people. Seems a little bold, but I, I hear you. And landing spot will definitely yeah, show some that. People have him, some people have him over J.K. Dobbins because they haven't seen Dobbins at the Combine, and the Pro Day was canceled. I On film, I think Dobbins is more explosive. But, yes, I've seen that too. Okay, so let's, let's stay there then. Like, What's the landing spot, like Dobbins-wise, that – that would push him below acres for you. Ooh, ah, uh, let's see. So you have to get anchored to the bench. So like, let's say so Jack- be right behind a stud is what you're saying. Yeah, like Jacksonville. Okay. If, if he ended up behind Fournette because Jacksonville took him in the 42nd pick, they okay. thought there was value there. Um, San Francisco, if he got muddied into that Mike Shanahan, but he's not really a gap runner, so he won't un- he won't end up, I don't think, in San Francisco. How about Kansas City? Well, that, that's I what I was going to say. Like, what if somebody falls yeah. to Kansas City or the Steelers? Well, the Steelers is the ideal spot, I think. Right. But you need a gap runner, not a zone runner. Sorry, Shanahan wants a zone runner. Um, but Dobbins can run zone, I think. I don't think he's incapable of it, but I don't know if Shanahan's going to identify him as his classic zone runner. You know, Shanahan's, they like to get their running back super, super, super late, right? They don't want to. 12 of them. Yeah, they want 12 (laughs) of them. So I don't see that. Um, So I'm trying to think where, like, I'd like Tampa Bay for Dobbins or Tom Brady. I think he might fit as a pass catcher very well in there. Maybe Miami's a bad spot, but you would have opportunity. Um, Mm. Wow. That's, you know, I Washington Detroit. How about if he goes to Detroit? Ooh, I that love that one. Me. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's Detroit, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's the line, to the Lions. It's Give the it Lions. Him. The opportunities there, but the franchise. <laughs> um, but I see. I think Dobbins will fit. I would love him in Tampa Bay. Love him in Atlanta. But Atlanta would be bad with Gurley now. I guess. Right. Okay. But, so we put Dobbins in Atlanta, and we put Acres in Tampa Bay. Then you you got you're taking Acres over Dobbins. Dynasty or redraft? Dynasty. Either. Oh, and I, then I'm going to take Dobbins. Still would do it. Yeah, I think I think because you're ready for Gurley Gurley get out of there after one year. Basically. Yeah, I dude. It, yeah, it, you know I'm I the Gurley guy of the group, but I mean he hasn't even passed the physical there. He's not even officially on the team yet. Yeah, I read somewhere that they didn't clear him, right? I think I read that. Yeah, I read that too. It was a quick tweet or something I read that in. I I still assume he's going to clear, but you're right. He hasn't officially gotten there yet, right? Yeah, and and you think it's going to happen, but man, it's been a roller coaster of a couple years with Gurley, so... I'm lucky. Uh, I, I got my Daryl Henderson. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm just happy about that. But now they're saying that they're probably going to run a committee. No, I, I just don't think Malcolm Brown's very good. You know, I mean, I, I, look, I think Henderson will get 60% of the shares. I don't think he's going to be a top 12 running back, but I think he's in that 16 to 24 range. So so you think the Rams just didn't want to win last year and that's why they didn't play <laughs> Henderson? <laughs> Look it, man. I don't know what happened with the Rams. I mean, Sean McVay lost it. I I, I mean, seriously. 
He didn't tweak his offense. He wouldn't give Gurley the ball. He was literally running the same exact schemes for three years. Plus, the offensive line broke down. I do believe that Daryl Henderson is going to be dependent on the ability of the offensive line to open up lanes. So that is still going to be a problem because the Rams need to fix that old line. So I just think a lot of things happened in Los Angeles that hurt the Rams. I mean, I think McVay lost it a little bit. The offensive line deteriorated. They didn't know if they should burn Gurley out or save Gurley, right? And Henderson wasn't ready from day one, I think. So there's well, a lot so of... So are the Rams a good landing spot for any of these running backs? If, well, they don't have any draft capital, right? No, I don't really they, know. Yeah. No, they got like three picks. The Rams' first pick is number 52. Okay. I don't. Yeah, they probably don't want to do that. Yeah, and then they have 84. Now, I just think if you drafted Henderson last year and you have Malcolm Brown, and remember they brought in um, C.J. Anderson two years ago, right off the scrap heap yep. for the run in the Super Bowl. I don't see how <laughs> the Rams can justify spending any draft capital when they're devoid of talent on the offensive line and they need replacements at other positions. And they've got John Kelly. And they got, you know, so I think they can piece together the backfield, right? I do. It might not be pretty, but I think they can piece it together. I think, and to drink, you said it last show. Um, I, I think Malcolm Brown, somebody should go buy like Uber cheap just because, and I'm not saying they're not going to feature Henderson or what's going to happen there, but the price difference of how cheap Malcolm Brown is right now, Man, I don't know. I think I'd rather go that route just because we've we've seen his mediocre success, and I don't mind that in my flex spot. Versus, I don't know how many touches did they give Henderson last year? Like eleven? Well, touched the ball eleven I, times? Did he touch the ball that many times? Thirty, I think total. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I would say that if you're in best ball leagues, probably Malcolm Brown's a better deal. Probably the better. You could probably get him with your last pick still. You could, right? I mean, <laughs> just about, yeah. Yeah, what if he gets 600 yards rushing and nine touchdowns, right? And he has two games with two touchdowns. Right. Like, that's, that's feasible. And like you said, but the ceiling, maybe he gets 900 yards rushing and 12 touchdowns, right? I mean, it's it's within possibility. Do I expect it? No. No. But it's within the realm of outcomes. And he is dirt cheap. I mean, he's costing you nothing. Frank Gore should play for the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine what would... Oh my God! One more year, Frank. If I see a Frank Gore between the tackles again, I, I just I've seen enough. He'll of be somewhere for sure. He will. He will. <laughs> All right, let's get a couple of running backs in here on these deep guys. I want to go to uh, one that I'm starting to see a little bit more buzz on. So I'm not sure if that's quite where it is, but I've done a couple of rookie mocks, and he still seems to be in the maybe starting to creep in the back end of the second. But Darrington Evans, running back out of App State. I'm a big Darrington Evans guy. I am at number 10. There are people more bullish on him than I am. but And I love the Sun Belt. I'm a big college fantasy football guy. And in 2019, Darrington Evans, his first team all Sun Belt and offensive player of the year, he produced 2,064 all-purpose yards. I love the film. Yeah, it seems like (laughs) I I love the film, but – I said, look, it, it is the Sun Belt, and the Sun Belt is defensively challenged, right? He's not facing NFL-level front seven boxes on defense. 
So he's the type of guy I was looking at. I liked him, but I needed to see <coughs> his size and his speed because the thing that happens, you know, colleges make their players bigger, right? So App State might have had him listed at 5'11", 210. And, like, if, if you know college football and the draft process, you know he's not that big. Like, you're just saying, nah. So is, what if he comes in at 5'9", 192, which is possible. So then he weighs at 5'10", 203. So to me, he hit the 200-pound threshold. I really like that. Look, it, it's not everything. We know there are players who exceed under 200 pounds. But on a 5'10 body – Coming from the group of five, not the, you know, the power five, mm -hmm. the group of five. I like that size. But what really did it for me when I saw the 40 yard dash 4.41, hey, look it. He is a gap runner who needs a, a, a lane. But let me tell you, if he gets that lane, if you get him one on one in the open field, Darrington Evans could be spectacular. He could be extremely efficient with the football. He could be like a Duke Johnson type of guy with a little more upside, right? We just haven't seen Duke Johnson get the touches that I think he deserves. But I think he can be very, very good. You know, talk about it. We mentioned it before. I would love him in Kansas City, my friends. I think he would be a perfect landing spot. I like a little it. later, they don't have to spend as much on him and just keep him in that mix with all the other backs they have there. He's, yeah. He, he's a committee back that, if yeah. given the opportunity, could maybe, you know, run away with it. It's kind of what you're saying there. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe we don't see guy. it, but all right. Yeah. yeah. Look, you're obviously a risk, right, in this level in third or fourth round. Sure. But, man, in DFS, he's the type of kid, if you're in week 10 and the Chiefs, let's say they have a lot of injuries and he's going to get 15 touches – in a game, right? Mm -hmm. You put him in your three thousand, right? He's three thousand dollars in your flex. Or mm -hmm. if you're like me in a dynasty league where you got twelve starters every week mm -hmm. and you're playing against like really good savvy Debbie players, right? Boom! You, I like Darrington Evans that week in my flex, right? With with a high ceiling, mm -hmm. he's a flasher with quick feet, one cut runner. He also might be a Mike Shanahan guy. He really does kind of fit the Shanahan mold. Yeah, Kansas City seems like they have to draft a running back, right? That's just not that's not just me. I, I mean, you said that last year, and then they went and got guys right, in like the Darwin, sixth, seventh round. Darwin Thompson, that was it. Right, yep. yeah, super late. So, I mean, if they could do that again, they, they won it with what they had there. But, yeah, I mean, we want to put every running back there because then – we could put them on but the pedestal. Even, I mean, name. and you're right, you know, but it, they didn't win because of Darwin. And then the whole year it was going back and forth between Damian Williams and McCoy. And there, he's still like, they but didn't even in the Super Bowl, Andy Reid was like, here, Thompson, have some touches. Like, yeah, it's a Super Bowl of all games. So, yeah, but uh, I, I think even a team that good wants a dependable running back, right? At least somebody that can, sure. they think, can stay healthy. I would say this historically, Andy Reid prefers a workhorse running back. That's what he wants to do, right? He wants to give the guy the majority of the touches in his system. I just don't think he's had that guy in the last two years. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to cut some of these names out. So I want to, I want to get uh, <laughs> another another running back in here, uh, Anthony McFarland Jr. out of Maryland. Uh, hey, this is definitely a deeper one. Uh, you know, I have him at number twelve. 
Okay. And, and, and I've been going over him and Darrington Evans a ton. Almost the same size. So Darrington Evans, I told you, 5'10", 203. Anthony McFarland is 5'8", 208. A little bit more compact. Now, he also played at Maryland in the Big Ten. So the level of competition. He gets a little bump there. It is a little bump, but here's the problem. He's been injured. Mm -hmm. He missed his senior year of high school with the broken leg. He redshirted his freshman year at Maryland because he really wasn't ready. Then he basically was hurt the entire second half of last year. I'm still shocked that he came into the NFL. I I did not even have it on my radar. Mm -hmm. But I have some friends who are at the University of Maryland who have some insight, and they say that some of the players are not happy with the direction of the program. So they think one of the reasons why there are two running backs left is because that they weren't happy in the situation. So they decided to go pro. Can Anthony McFarlane, he's in the same bucket as Darrington Evans. I think he comes in as a rotational back. I think that's going to be his career. But given the right opportunity and the time to grow, I think he could have an opportunity to have 50 to 60% of the shears in the backfield. Is that Booger's son? No, I don't think so. No, but he, let's see. I don't have in his profile anyone that he's related to, but doesn't mean he's not. It's just I didn't come across it. Usually if a player has an NFL like you would, Yeah, you would think that would be listed for sure. In general, it's usually listed. Now, I don't have it, and I don't remember ever reading that. Because isn't Booger Anthony McFarlane? Like, isn't that his name too? And this is Junior? I don't know. It's just weird. No, no. Now, you're right, but Booger is a much different body type than Anthony. Well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I, but that doesn't mean that your child can't have a different right. Um, but no, I have not heard that. <laughs> Yeah, he could, right? Fair enough. Work on both sides. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we got on, uh, you had mentioned a running back. Maybe you wanted to, to throw in there Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. So I'd like to hear what I, you got on that guy. I'm kind of bullish on Joshua Kelly. I have him at number nine overall. And what I think happens with a player like Joshua Kelly, people write the narrative too early on athletes. So what happens is Joshua Kelly goes to a JUCO, no, sorry, FCS level school, UC Davis. So he plays there for two seasons. So immediately the narrative is that he's not good enough to play Division I football, right? And that kind of becomes something that is stuck on the application. So it's amazing. He goes to UCLA. He doesn't even have a scholarship. He walks onto the team. He earns a roster spot. So here's a young man out of high school, goes to an FCS level, doesn't even get a scholarship to a Division I program, and he's kind of works his way onto the roster. Now, in the beginning of 2018, Jim Chip Kelly didn't even play him. They were like one in four. They were terrible. He had nothing going on. Somehow, someway, Chip Kelly or an offensive coordinator said, put Kelly in, Joshua. Well, in that game, he had like 13 touches, <laughs> like 130 yards. The kid exploded. And then they put him in again and again, and he started nine games, and he ended up with 1,243 yards rushing. First team, all Pac-12. Like, it was a great story. Last year, late August, he hurts his ankle. He He's hurt for about the first month of the season. 
very ineffective. By the time he's healing, he finally gets an opportunity in the Bruins, and he plays very, very well down the stretch. He actually logs back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. He's an interesting runner. There's not very many people I can compare him to. And a Chip Kelly offense is kind of a pain in the ass to measure running backs because mm-hmm. he has this very unique system. However, he's 5'10", 212. Very good body build, 12 mm-hmm. tough between the tackles. Now, I needed to see the combine. Man, the young man hit a home run. 40-yard dash, 4.49. Three-cone drill. This is what really blew my mind. His three-cone drill was 6.95, and his 20-yard shuttle was 4.28. He has explosion and burst. He has size. I like him. I'm getting him in the fourth round of mock drafts right now. I'll take the upside with the running back that's coming really cheap that could, in the right system, do very well. So what's what's that system look like then for you? So he needs a power scheme like the Titans or the Steelers, I think. that's He needs a scheme where he's hitting the gap behind maybe a fullback or a pulling guard. He sees the hole and he explodes. I I wouldn't put him in a San Francisco system. It just yeah. off of what I've seen. I want the kid to like he would be a perfect backup early to Derrick Henry in my opinion. Yeah, and so and they I mean obviously it's not the same one but they got rid of Deion Lewis so they least have an opening there. They Maybe do. They, they get the guy that's similar to Derrick Henry in case something happens to him and worry yeah, about now, a pass catcher a different way. Yes, and like he's um He's not stylistically and physically like Henry, but he does have the skill set of being able to play that power run scheme. Yeah, interesting. All right. Steelers could get him. I mean, who knows? You know, it. he's going to be – he could go – I have a fourth-round grade. He could go anywhere from the fourth to the sixth. Gotcha. Draft capital is eventually going to decide his dynasty value. I like it. That's that's a good one. Um, any Any other names? You wanna you wanna grab from, and I think I might go ahead and jump to questions of madness. The questions <laughs> of madness. No guys for you, Swags or John. Oh no! I mean, John touched on so much there with the quarterbacks and running backs. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time getting into those. So he's going to be on the next show too for wide receivers and tight ends. John doesn't know it yet. But. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, that's awesome, dudes. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, John. So it is uh, just for you. Normally we call it the two minute breakdown, but it will be the questions of madness today for our special guest here. First time ever somebody's renamed our own show segment, but I like it. Uh, me and Swags came up with 12 random questions, some fantasy, some just off the wall. You will, I will ask the first question, then you'll hear the music play. So you got a couple extra seconds to cheat on the first one. Once that okay. sound comes off, you're ready to go. No pressure, but like the last three people have crushed this. So they have oh, no. actually. What's going on? I need to. Um, it's not John's fault, timer. but I may have made these a little tougher. Just so. Oh, no. <laughs> we need. You need to have longer questions to ask too. Like That's if, what it is. That's yeah. The last long couple have been really short. I didn't. Mm, oh, I got a kills their time. Just, just uh, for, just for this two minutes. Not the last hour you've been on the show. Just this two minutes right here. I'll try to. <laughs> First random gut initial thought. Swags, are you ready? I am ready. 
the questions okay, question. of madness. Th- that's not that's not the first question. Here, here it comes. <laughs> you can't say Daryl Henderson. I need a second year running back you think will break out. Timer. And now your two minute breakdown. Oh my god, I'm so bad. Um, let me think quickly. Justice Hill of the Ravens. I like it. Quarantine life. What is the favorite board game to play in your house? Oh, right now. Oh, um, Uno. It's not really a board that game, but fair good. enough. Oh! Will, the, will the NFL Week One start on time? No. Damn it! How yeah. many different kinds of bats are there in the world? Oh, I'm going to guess a crazy amount because it's so diverse. I'm going to say a thousand. Over a thousand is my answer, but that's all I got, so I'm giving you that one. Uh, most most important backup quarterback is um whoever uh, Jared Stidham of the Patriots. That's the backup quarterback. Bold. Uh, Dynasty full PPR rank. Rank these. Brandon Cooks, Corey Davis, Sammy Watkins. Um, Brandon Cooks, Corey Davis, Sammy Watkins. Wow. That's, that's wrong. I'm going to fight you. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, you can't say paper products. Is there an item or food you wish you had more of during quarantine? Oh, peanut butter. That's I, more, I, I'm out of peanut butter. <laughs> more, so nutty, more fantasy points this year. No, I like chunky, no Threw salt. I'm sure you don't get through this. More fantasy points this year in full PPR. Todd Gurley or Daryl Henderson? Darryl oh, Henderson. I'm going to go. I, I got to go Gurley because right now I think he has a more likely to have more touches. Smart. What's the first car you ever owned? Oh, you're going to laugh. Uh, 1980 Toyota Corolla, white piece of junk. Ooh, I nice. love it. What is the most disgusting food you ever ate? Oh, tongue. Oh, my grandmother gave us tongue. Gross. If you, oh, you didn't make it. I'm going to blame swags on the peanut butter uh, randomness that messed you up. But I'm, I'm going to ask these anyways. If you have a bowl with six apples and you take four apples out, how many apples do you have? Six apples. Take, um, it, it, there's a trick here. Um. Oh, my God. Why? Simple four subtraction apples. for the teacher. I have four uh, apples. You got it right because you just took them four. You took the four apples. <laughs> <laughs> there was a trick. How it would have been better if it was during the time and you didn't have extra time to think about it. Right. How um, many? How many rookie running backs will finish as a top twelve this year? Last question. One. And his name is. Oh, Jonathan Taylor. I'm sorry. Uh, it, uh, that's actually question thirteen. So that's cool. Oh. It doesn't matter. This is on fantasy football breakdown. Boom. John, I appreciate you so much for coming on. Um, oh, apparently, amazing, you didn't you didn't realize it, but this was only part one of part two. We didn't realize it either until we got to like two minutes ago. Um, but please tell everybody where to find you, as well as coming on the next show. They can find you as well. <laughs> Absolutely, you can follow me on Twitter at gridironstall ninety one. I cannot afford the A and the R. And then, please, all my written stuff is at footballdiehards.com. It's all free for the seventh season in a row. Those profiles are amazing. If you guys want to find out any information on some college guys, now's the time to do it. But John John, and everybody over there, you guys have crazy write-ups. Those are, those are so cool to look at. Yeah, all year, all year round. I mean, you guys are pushing stuff out. For sure. He's at DFF underscore swag. I'm at FL2 drink minimum. This is at FF underscore breakdown. Part one of... I don't even want to say two now. It might be three or four knowing John. (laughs) I just want to make this pick. I've been waiting. I was hoping I'd make my pick in this draft we're in. And it's not going to (laughs) happen. The worst. John. 
How about Superflex rank? Haskins, Carr, Jordan Love. Jordan Love, Haskins, Carr. I like it. I think. Yeah, upside, athletically. I'll take the legs. The Redskins need to get Haskins another weapon. If they'd had a Mark Cooper there, like they tried oh, to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So good about Haskins shares, and now it's like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? Yeah, they could re- – oh, my God, he'd be the perfect cl- compliment to Terry McCormick. Right? Right? They need that extra piece. Tune into the next show to find out what wide receiver is that is that extra piece. <laughs>